guardian angels and patron saints, pray for us. Well, again, Happy New Year to you all. I was able to enjoy some time away last week and um, reflect a little bit on, on the past year and on the year to come. These are, these are always good times to take stock of where we're at, to make good resolutions. I know that's something that doesn't exactly line up with our church calendar, but it, it's, an, it's an opportunity that I think the church wants us to take advantage of. I don't know about you, but I, I really like the new year. Uh, it makes me feel old for some reason. I don't know why. I just, it's, it's, it's exhausting, right? There's so much to be done, planning, places to go, people to see. It leaves me, it leaves me just exhausted. But then that time after Christmas comes, the, there's a lot of quiet, not a lot going on. It's peaceful. And I find the time to make New Year's resolutions and kind of think about the possibilities for renewal in the year to come is, is very hopeful. It's very energizing to me. It makes me, um, it makes me, gives me hope. So to reviewing the year that's passed, to consider all the ways in which we've grown, the riches of the changes in our lives, new experiences, new insights, even our failures, all these things are, are very valuable that present grace for us, provided we take the time to savor them and, and reflect on them. Each year, I try to make resolutions to improve my life in each area of my, of my existence, right? My physical existence, my social life, my pastoral life, my responsibilities as a priest, my intellectual life, and of course my spiritual life, my relationship with God. These are all things we should be taking our temperature on, so to speak. And apart from those very normal resolutions, uh, to spend more time with family or with friends, to lose some weight, well, we also have to make a focus on our relationship with God. The readings from the scriptures today emphasize this possibility that it's, that it's within our power, or rather, within the power of God's grace working within us, to allow us to carry ourselves and to live in such a way as to allow God to accompany us. When the prophet Isaiah says, may every valley be lifted up, may every mountain and hill be made low, he's referring to the valley, spiritually speaking, the valley of humility and the, the mountains and hills of pride. Pride is the belief that I'm, I'm capable of managing my own life without guidance, that I'm the final word over myself. So too, it's the practice of doubting the value of following the will of God in every circumstance of my life, including those and especially those where I feel an inclination not to resist the forces that are drawing me into sin or into apathy. That's pride, to just go with the flow. God doesn't expect anything from me. God doesn't really want me to make a decision for him. Just little old me doing my thing. It's actually the voice of pride. Wisdom is driven away when pride occupies the soul. But so too, 
when we embrace the humility of obedience, wisdom comes along with it. So God calls for those mountains of pride and false independence to be, to be made low. And so too, he calls those who are humble and lowly to be lifted up. And this is what the prophet Isaiah calls preparing the way of the Lord. An echo, again, of our Advent, uh, Advent readings. This sounds suspiciously familiar, doesn't it? But, but this isn't just a process that is meant to take place at the beginning of the holy season of Advent, but throughout our lives. God's mercy calls us and invites us, challenges us to eliminate those things with his help that are obstacles to our friendship with him. And the reason for this isn't because he needs our help. He's perfectly capable of making these preparations himself. It's not that God can't accomplish the preparations and the changes in us that he wants to see. But the change that he wants above all is that we have the willingness to obey him. Accomplishing that by force negates the very possibility of us learning to obey if he simply does it for us. He wants to draw us in because he doesn't want cattle or machinery that simply does his will. He wants sons and daughters that know him, know his mind, know his heart, and seek to correspond and serve him with devotion. This is what the baptism of Jesus really means. When he was baptized in the River Jordan, it wasn't because he needed to be forgiven. It wasn't because he needed to repent. I believe that Jesus is completely free of sin. It's because, well, he was baptized precisely because he didn't need to be. In the sense that he wanted to show us what it meant to be devoted to the will and doing the will of his heavenly Father. This includes not only the baptism in the River Jordan, which is a symbolic act, but also the baptism of his, of his crucifixion and death. That is another baptism. That is a submersion that purifies not himself, but all the world. This is, this is what the baptism of the Lord means, is that if Jesus, who had no need of being baptized, nonetheless obeyed his Father's will, because what mattered to him was not doing something, this or that task, but in fact being in harmony with the will of God, then we too have an invitation from him today to say, well, in fact, I do need to repent. In fact, I do suffer from the effects of sin in my life, and I do want to obey him in all things. This new year, let's take stock, let's take our temperature in all these different areas, right? our physical lives, social lives, our work of apostolate, of, of witnessing to Christ wherever we may be, and above all, a relationship with him in prayer and through the sacraments. Let's, let's take our temperature in each of these areas, but above all, to zero in on precisely that area where I'm struggling most to listen and put into practice God's will in my life. Whether that be a small area of patience in the home, whether that be a series of conflicts that I'm having at work or with family members, 
whether there's something that I desire deeply in my life and it doesn't seem as if God is answering my prayers, or whether I see the work that I'm doing for him producing no fruit, whatever it may be, we invite him in and say, Lord, along with Jesus, I'll do what you ask. The outcome is, is, is up to you. It makes no difference to me what, what it is that you're, that you're asking me to do. As long as I know I am doing what you want. There's great peace in that. There's great joy in that. And there's a great year to come in that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.